once again to another episode of Robo Luchador Rebirth. I am sorry. I am so sorry for the long hiatus I put you guys on. Uh, I had pain here in the mouth region. Uh, two severe cavities that require root canals and a wisdom tooth that was just needing removed. Two-thirds of that is done. My mouth feels a lot better, but it's still a little sore, so we're going to power through and see if we can get going today. Um, a lot has happened. Um, I didn't get to finish Mech Madness or Mech Month properly. Um, I feel bad for that. I put a review of Pacific Rim Uprising on my Facebook. I enjoyed the movie. I'm not going to dwell on that too much anymore. I owe you all a review of Ready Player One. And yeah, I'm going to do that this episode. Uh, I need to talk about Action Comics 1000. And I'm probably going to talk My Hero Academia a little because um, I want to address some of the... Uh, I want to address the recent storyline and how I'm not a big fan of the new villain. But other than that, I can't think of too much more than like talking about the new season being back, really enjoying the new season. Uh, with My Hero. Uh, I'll probably do an editorial segment I've been wanting to do for a while at the end of this called um, What is a Spoiler? And how I hate spoiler culture. Because guess what? I hate spoiler culture. I think it's stupid. If you get butt hurt over something so simple, it's stupid. And I'm going to go into a lot of that. like, Because I do believe there is such a thing as a spoiler. But I'll explain what my examples are. Uh, let's get started with Ready Player One. I have not talked about that. Um, and I said I would give you guys a review on my Twitter, and uh, on my Twitter, on my Facebook, and I never did that. So, let's start. Um, the best way to review Ready Player One, for me, is the compliment sandwich. A good, a very critical, often bad, and then another good. So let's do this. Ready Player One was an actual return to form for director Steven Spielberg. It was an uplifting, enjoyable, well-shot adventure film like in Jaws, Indiana Jones, and the Temple of Doom, uh, Jurassic Park, E.T. It felt like one of his old films. In so much ways. It was really well directed. The shot choreography was beautiful. And the action scenes were as big as they needed to be. And they felt that big. However. The story is a. Poor vanilla cyberpunk. Story. With little to no substance. And barely two dimensional characters. And I mean it, barely two-dimensional characters. 
Um, the only one who comes off looking actually pretty entertaining is Irock, and he is entirely different from his book counterpart. The story is weak, focuses heavy on nostalgia, and maybe not the viewer's nostalgia for anything like, say, the book. And trust me, I'm going to get the book's an issue here. Um, let's see. Relies on nostalgia too heavily. Very overly vanilla plot with little to no character. But what it does have story-wise and character-wise are vast improvements over its book counterpart. Like, in comparison, there are they are characters. Whereas some of the people in the the characters in the books are foils for the main character or the reader. Um, it has more depth of character. It is a lot more fun to follow this story. The stories are very similar. They're both very vanilla, very basic cyberpunk stories. The movie paces it and tells the story better than the book. To where I, if someone was to ask me, what would you recommend, book or movie... I will recommend the book before the... I will... Correction. I will recommend the movie before the book every time. I am not a huge fan of Ready Player One. I think the waxing nostalgic that it does for pages on the end hurts the story and hurts the narrative. And it does so for the movie as well, just not as bad. And that's my review of Ready Player One. A pretty basic movie, a simple return to for, uh, form for Steven Spielberg, but still not a great story. Um, let's see, after Ready Player One, Action Comics 1000. Ugh. So this year marks the 80th anniversary of Superman, and DC is doing some big things. The first big thing is... DC got Brian Bendis. DC got Bendis. DC got Bendis. DC got Bendis. And they are riding that horse so much. Um, one of the big things they're doing, starting with the thousand, is Action Comics will be lowered to one book a month instead of two. Both Action Comics and Superman were rotating every other week. Um, and Bendis will be working on a second title called Man of Steel. Which comes out early next month? Uh, looking that one up right now. And they teased that story in Action Comics 1000. Uh, Action Comics 1000 was literally a love song to like 80 years of like Superman. Um, my only complaint is he's back in the trunks and I get it that's an iconic Superman costume it's how he's looked in every piece of media I don't hate it but I thought we'd moved past the design I really did I was really loving his um, rebirth design and we've moved beyond it again well not even sure beyond it's a good word but i'm interested to see what the new era is um for man of steel 
Like I said, Brian Michael Bendis is the new writer for this uh, action comics. Um, and I don't know if he's writing Superman proper. I do know um, both Supergirl and Super Sons are ending. And that that saddens me, but... Because uh, Supergirl wasn't bad. Um, but that book heavily relied on the show, and I don't know what the show's doing right now. I've heard that the Legion of Superheroes is involved in Season 3. When Season 3 comes to Netflix, I will be all about that. Um, but right now, I am holding off until it comes to Netflix. I don't know if 20th is this last issue. Um, it's got a very finale looking cover to issue 20, but I don't think it's the last issue. I am excited to see where it goes. I know she's supposed to be involved with the storyline in Man of Steel, so at least she was in the teaser. So, I don't know. Um, Super Sons, I think, is just ending because of readership. And it's a really, it was a really good book, and I hate that it's gone. I know that Connor's story is, not Connor, um, I know that, not Damien, um, John's story will still continue in, um, Superman, because that has been, like, the father-son book lately but I have no clue about Damien they have cut Damien out of most of the mainline bat books um so I can't really talk there Uh, as for, like, Teen Titans and other stuff, but no. Um, issue 1000 of Action Comics was a br brilliant love song to the Superman franchise. Had a bunch of stories that reflected different ages and different Superman. It was probably one of my favorite, like, big anniversary specials I've read in a long time. And I know a lot of people are wondering, wait, has Action Comics been running for a thousand months? No. Action Comics hit that number because of, uh, after relaunches and rebrandings and, like, renumberings, and sometimes doing what it's been doing for the last few years, running two issues a month. The number is a lucky little guess that it happened to ha that way, and they used the 1,000th issue as both a milestone of publication, because we've made 1,000 issues, and a celebration of the 80th anniversary. It's a good time to be a Superman fan. I will not say no to that. It's a really good time to be a Superman fan. But, honestly, when it comes to superheroes, outside of, like, say, a particular hero who's getting a lot of good work, like Superman is, I'd stay away from Marvel and DC unless you're absolutely invested in one story or another. Um... DC looks, like, better story-wise. Uh, Marvel looks better cinematically. But if you want a good 
and I've said this before, a fresh take on both the superhero genre and the both on the superhero genre and the shonen anime genre, My Hero Academia is where it's at. And because I'm going to address this later, but I know it has to happen, spoiler warning, I am going to talk about the current story arc in the manga. I am specifically going to talk about the new villain. Because last week, I said something. I, and I stand by what I said. The new villain, Tobita, or the gentleman criminal, or the gentle criminal, I compared to to flash and pan villains like the Riddler or Toy Man, who are just in it for the recognition of their selves. And yeah... That's what he wants. He wants to be recognized. Last week they told an origin story of the villain. He was a hero student who felled out and was expelled after a act of heroism went poorly. The person he saved was injured in the act. The hero on the scene was injured in the act. And his family disowned him. And he was expelled from the school. And it's not like a UA side school. Years later, one of his fellow classmates, who has become a hero, and he congratulates them and calls them by their name, not their title, not their hero identity, says, oh, thanks. Do I know you? And that leads him to become a criminal. He starts trying to do these wacky YouTube-esque crimes, like... And but nothing he's done has been nothing he's done has been really really like major. And then on his way home during the on his way to attack UA while Midoriya was out fighting, he, Midoriya challenges him in, at to keep him from disrupting the cultural festival. And they turn their rhetorics around on each other. And Wow, the wiki even even mimics my mark. Here's a trivia trivia for Gentle at the Bocono Hero Wiki. Gentle Criminal seems to be inspired by Bronze Age and Silver Book comic villains like the Trickster, Signal Man, and the Imposter Mad Hatter. As well as known for their silly antics and not trying to be serious criminals, but for the attention of the people. You can add Riddler and Silver Age Toy Man to that as well. Um, yeah, I literally, outside of this being a character moment for, for, for Midoriya, this is one of the worst villain things they've done, and... It is generally mostly a character building moment. It is ideals versus ideals. And it does really well. Like, Midoriya wins. But it isn't an easy fight. And it is 
really sad, but re- like, but at the same time, there are a lot of like his character is not the fact that he's a villain. His character is the fact that he is a shunned former hero. There is no reason for him to be a villain, except that he didn't know a better way. And that's it. He didn't know a better way. Uh, For those of you wondering about my hero, I will sing its praises. I will sing its praises left and right. My kitten, I'm recording right now. I will (laughs) sing... My kitten came in the room. Uh... Um, I think you can see her on camera right now. I don't know. Let's see if the audience can see you, baby. Yes, they can. This is Ace. Ace, you were on a podcast. And I'm leaving this in. He's a good girl. Um, I will sing its praises. It subverts both shonen and superhero tropes. It is a really well-written show. The anime is amazing. It is a really well-done anime. Sorry, I'm quiet. I'm typing a reply on Facebook to a friend. But it like it's great. I cannot not sing the praises of this show more and more. Um the manga's good. Check it out. Um I am so 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 excited for whatever comes this show really cannot do wrong in my mind and it's just great uh if you're not if you're not watching it i really really recommend you go check it out it's uh great what else do we have to talk about baby do we want to do the spoiler thing that's my pop filter you're pushing in my face or do we just want to baby talk you the entire podcast you snuck in here you snuck in here. Yes, you did. I'm not mad at you for sneaking in here. You're more than welcome to be in here, but generally when that door is closed, I am recording and I need... You're not the loud one. Your sister's the loud one. Yes, she is. Fang is a loud one. Just don't walk on the keyboard. She's stepped... There she is. <laughs> You can find her because of the big poofy tail. So I have a cat, and uh, I'm leaving all of this in on the audio podcast. Sorry, audio podcast. Head over to twitch.tv slash RoboLuchador audio listeners to check out the video version of this podcast. It's just me sitting here with a cat in my lap, apparently. I mean, that's good internet. That's good internet right there. Um, let's see. I don't know... What else to talk about before I jump into... Oh! Ooh! 
um, I'm buying Transformer figures again, but not any, like, okay, so yeah, I'm buying Transformers again, I'm really mad at the mainline stuff, because Hasbro is stacking gimmicks again, and that kind of ticks me off, uh, they're stacking what they what is essentially Pretenders, not Pretenders, Power Masters, but they're calling them Prime Masters, and... And combiners, again. Yes, we've gone back to the combiners, the Scramble City combiner stuff, which is okay. I'm really super excited for, uh, for, uh, uh, Predaking. I think the figure looks awesome. Uh, I'm excited for the fan vote one. I think Mirage versus Impactor one, which is awesome. We're getting a official Impactor. And I know everyone's going to say, but we got an official impactor for the War for Cybertron stuff. And I'm like, yeah, we did. I'm not counting that. It wasn't his proper color scheme. Um, it was just a way to rehash the uh, War for Cybertron combiners to test the waters on whether or not they wanted to do more combiner figures. Guess what? They did. Um, and those worked very well. I'm only missing one of the G1 combiners, and that's Menasaur, and eventually I'm going to break down and spend the money on him. Um, and I'm two-fifths of the way through with Abominus and waiting for the rest of the uh, Terracons. The only thing that would make me even more ecstatic is if they, they did God King Neptune. And there's your sister. And there's your sister. Come on, Ace. Come on, Ghost. <laughs> Hi, Ace. Go get your sister. Go get her. <laughs> My kittens. I know they may not look like kittens. They're not even a year old yet, though. So they're still kittens in my eyes. Um, but, yeah, so, but uh, that besides that, that is the main generation's line, Power of Primes, sub-line sub for this year. Uh, no, I am buying the Studio Series. Um, and I can't sing its praises enough right now. I only have two figures, but I have three more on order. Waiting for them to get here. Um, but the Studio Series is a robot scaled... And I, I, have, to, I have to hint... I have to pin that part... The robots are what are scaled to one another, not the vehicles. Um, scaled, highly detailed, um, like close to like 85 to 90% like film accurate movie figures for the movie line. Uh, the first wave includes two Voyagers, two Leaders. And four, two Voyagers, two Leaders, and four, and uh, four Deluxes. The Deluxes include uh, Bumblebee, Ratchet, Stinger, and um, who's the other Decepticon? And Crowbar. Um, Ratchet and Bumblebee are both from 
the original movie. Stinger is from Age of Extinction. And I don't know what movie Crowbar's from. I think he's from Dark of the Moon? I th yeah, Crowbar's from Dark of the Moon. I think Ratchet is... Yeah, Ratchet and Bumblebee are both for the first film. And that's the big thing is each one is a representation of that character from a specific film. Uh, for Ratchet and Bumblebee, it's the first one because he's... It's the... It's Bumblebee is the 67 Camaro, which means I'm still going to end up having to buy three more Bumblebees probably. But um, they are either A, very heavy retools of old figures, or in Ratchet's case, new molds entirely. Um, but like I said, those are the deluxes. The Voyagers are Starscream and Optimus Prime, and the leaders are... Blackout and or Blackout and Grimlock. Uh, I like as much as I love a Dinobot. I am. I have been. I am holding off on Grimlock so much. If I buy him, he will be the last figure I buy. I I have Prime and Starscream, and I have Blackout, Ratchet, and. Bumblebee on order. I have pretty much decided to keep to the first three films. Ideally, the first two films. The only one right now I really want to buy from the... The only three I want to buy from the third film are... I want to buy Sentinel Prime because Leonard Nimoy. I want to get... I definitely want to get Shockwave. I'm very curious how they'll do him. And I definitely want to see what they do with Soundwave. So, yeah, that will... But, um, the figures are nice. This is, um, this is something I've wanted Transformers to do for a while as a toy line. Like, both the Japanese and the U.S. company celebrate, like, an era. And this one's the films, because the films just did their 10th anniversary. Um, the Bumblebee movie launches later this year. Pretty sure. I'm actually excited for that. Yeah, Bumblebee the movie. It will take place in the year 1987 and will star John Cena and is scheduled to release on December 21st, 2018. But yeah, I really got into the I really got into these series. I want them to do I really want them to do them for other lines. Like, I'd love to see what they do with Beast Wars. And, like, I know they've been playing with Beast Wars because we're getting an Optimus Primal 
based on Optimal Optimus. And I'm excited for that because that looks just fantastic. But I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. Um, I have been going on and on for a while about Transformers toys. Um, pick up the Studio Series if you're a fan of the movies. Uh, they're not bad figures. They're really good. I enjoy them. Uh, they're, they're a cheap alternative to the 10th Anniversary Movie Masters right now. Uh, because those are going for like 100 bucks each. So, if you want something to celebrate the movies and the movie's designs, those are the figures for you. They're really well painted. Um, they're really uh, ten times more accurate than any figure in the past has been because they're ditching gimmicks and just focusing on character and transformation. So, yeah, the Studio Series is not bad. I've, like, I have had my mind change. I had my reservations about it, but I really like it. I can't recommend it enough but don't go all in cherry pick your characters and get them while you can um we are expected uh, another voyager and two more deluxes coming down the pipeline maybe more um we know there's jazz and megatron announced and i think one more decepticon so those that but let me get to my editorial um what is a spoiler? This has been a... Yeah. This has been a thought that has plagued me for... I don't know. Months, maybe? Years? People get so upset over the idea of... Don't spoil this for me. Don't ruin it for me. And... Let me talk about what most people consider spoilers. Uh, it's little things that either A, have no impact on the experience as a whole, or B, do not spoil anything. Baby, don't eat the, the mic arm. <laughs> don't spoil anything. But I have a handful of examples of what is a spoiler. I have... Two and a half, to be precise, of what are spoilers. I can have countless examples of what's not a spoiler. But here are, here are my spoilers. Here's the half. Snape kills Dumbledore. Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. This is both a spoiler and not a spoiler. Can you figure out which part's not? If you guessed... I sound like a kid's show. If you guessed Dumbledore dying, you're correct. The death of Dumbledore was something that was telegraphed pretty much from book one. If you pay attention to his role as detailed in the hero's journey, death, death or just disappearing from the series entirely were the only two options for him. Removing him from the series was always going to happen. The spoiler part is that... Snape killed Dumbledore. That is a character turn that no one saw coming because they were building Snape up as the sympathetic hero. And they and she and he still was. Everything Snape did in that book was by design for Dumbledore, by design of Dumbledore. 
and eventually it did cost Snape his life. But he did so protecting Harry and all that. Um, but that was the spoiler. Not that Dumbledore died. That it was Snape who actually pulled the trigger. The second spoiler is Luke Skywalker's father is Darth Vader. This is a spoiler because no one on the set but George Lucas, the director of the film, and Mark Hamill knew. The line everyone else heard on the set until that movie aired was, no, Obi-Wan killed your father, and Mark Hamill had to ham it up to be more serious. It wasn't until the movie aired that it was revealed, and some people walking out of the first showing might have said, oh wow, I can't believe Darth Vader was Luke Skywalker's dad the whole time. That is a spoiler. Like, it is the best example, and Simpsons probably best example that spoiler. In fact, that's where I'm pulling my scenario from. The only other thing I consider a spoiler, a true spoiler, outside of those two examples, is starring Sean Bean. That's it. Name a movie he doesn't die. You can't. That's why starring Sean Bean's a spoiler. His It means whatever character he's playing will die. Don't know why he does it. Don't know why they do it to him. But, yeah. That's why it happens. Starring Sean Bean is probably the worst spoiler in the world you can tell a person. Heck, he was the narrator in a video game and he still died. Figure that one out. He was a disembodied voice and he was killed. It's been over half an hour. My jaw is starting to hurt. Thank you all for listening. I'm going to try and keep this up for more frequency. Um, thank you all for coming out on Twitch. I will see everyone next time. Take care now. Bye-bye then.